Got it Slick drop, boot to the face, we won't fold Quick to put a dude in this place, he out cold With a tombstone, grab at the waist, get laid flat Can't escape, nowhere to go, the cage match It's on now, when I spot him, it's no problem Everybody stone cold till they hit with the rock bottom Sharpshooter, I won't miss him like Bret Hart Like Al Snow, they gon' need him a head start I just might catch a better body than Mickey James Get acquainted with the name, we bringin' the pain Like Kane in the ring, all I see is red Paul Bearer, Undertaker, I can see the dead John Cena putting hands in your face Ted DiBiase got a milli on the waist B2TF, better stay in your place Or get smacked down, play it safe, what you talking about? Welcome to Boot to the Face, Chris Rucker, EJ Reed, Powered by FullPressCoverage.com Go there for all your sporting wants and needs Especially if you are a motherfucker that hates the Dallas Cowboys. I am pretty sure there is plenty for you to read on FullPressCoverage.com to hear about how all of a sudden the Cowboys have the worst defense in the history of the NFL and they are not going to the playoffs. How you doing, EJ? I'm doing well, man. I'm not going to get into that right now. What else is going on in the world of sports? You got your Braves playing. Yeah, and they're getting their asses whooped right now in game three. I was there game two. It was one of the most incredible fucking sporting events I've ever been at live. Like, it was just, they were down five to nothing, like, halfway through the game. Hadn't scored a run the entire first inning. Like, the crowd stayed, but the Philly fans are starting to take over. And then one run, then three runs, then another run, then a two run, and... The most incredible like double play I've ever seen in the game, especially a playoff game, was crazy that Bryce Harper had a flub, and apparently Braves were talking shit about him, and he took that shit personal. He's homered his last two at-bats today, and he just made <laughs> eye contact with the bench when he ran by. I didn't get to look at the highlights. Uh, how did the game that you attended end it? So Braves were up one, and they had one out. Bryce Harper was on first, I believe, and whoever was up hit a fucking rocket, and the the outfielder went and caught it up against the wall, and Harper thought he was, like, he was going to score, because he thought, oh, he ain't going to get that ball, and the guy got it and fucking threw him back, threw it back into the infield, and then they threw it to first base before he got there. Oh. He didn't. He didn't tag up. He just assumed it was a home run. Well, he just assumed at the very least it was going off the wall. Like he fucking took off. He was trying to score, and then Buddy made an incredible fucking catch, and without even thinking, just threw that shit back to the infield. The third baseman cut it off, and fucking threw his ass out at first, and that fucking place went nuts. It was a lot of fun. I bet. How are you able to score tickets to that? Seems like it'd be pretty pricey. We actually got uh, standing room only tickets, so they just sell tickets for you to just get in the stadium and like walk around. And we were originally standing on the third baseline, and people just kept standing up, and we couldn't see what was happening at the plate. So we ended up moving to the outfield, and like it was so much fun out there. Like plenty of fans standing up talking shit. Philly fans around like had a great view of the game. Once the fucking sun went down, and everybody like. Everybody had their phones out at one point, like, doing the chop in between innings. Like, it was just a vibe. Like, I ain't never had that much fun at a game like that before. That's dope, especially with the playoff atmosphere. 
Now, the, the Braves are a pretty popular team around there and countrywide. Uh, how's the attendance during the regular season? It's baseball, so it's like there's 81 games. Uh, you could go to a game and it could be a sellout. You could go to, you know, they have those stupid, like, Wednesday afternoon games at, like, 1 o'clock that not a lot of people go to. But for the most part, like, the weekend games, which is when I would go, it's always, like, damn near sold out. Where I feel like it would be like, a, well, Atlanta's a popular city, but you got big cities like Chicago and – New York, like, no matter how bad the team is, they're going to pretty much fill out the stadium. But then you got, like, teams like Tampa Bay where nobody goes to. So <laughs> I guess well, it depends on the city. Atlanta's also a, a very, like, quit-on-my-team city. Like, we will quit <laughs> quickly on the team. Like, there was people quitting. Look, I'm, I'm shocked that nobody left the stadium uh, Monday. But I get on Twitter, and there's people like, the season's over. Oh yeah, you have little faith, huh? Yeah, like right now they're getting smoked, and I pretty much chalked this up to a loss, whether they come back or not. But you still got two games if you win, so that's the it's the best of five right now, right? Yeah, for some reason baseball does best of three, best of five, then best of seven. Yeah, to get to the well, it's always been best of five in that round. They used to only do a, a. one game wild card, but then they expanded it. I think either last year or this year, they expanded it to that best of three, which is, you know, I think it's a little better. Give your team a chance to come back. See, yeah. I always thought it was like basketball because I remember basketball used to be best of five in the first round, and then it was seven after that. I never knew it was the best of three. Yeah, that's like, like I said, that's fairly new. That wild, that wild card uh, where they expanded it to best of three. It used to be a, a one a one game wild card. But you know, expanded. Yeah, they're just letting more teams in, and then there's teams like uh, Minnesota, and who was the other team? There was another team that got in barely, and they eliminated yeah. somebody. But Texas- uh, what was that team? I know, I know the team you're talking about. Was it Texas? No, because Texas had their division one up until the last like series, and they got swept. And then Houston ended up winning the division. So Texas was good all year. They just choked at the end winning their division. Mm. I know I know Miami got in there, but they eliminated already. Yeah. Tampa Bay was good. That's who it was. Tampa Bay was really mm. good, and they got smoked. Mm. As, as long as Houston doesn't win, I think they're down, they're down right now, right? Uh, they're up two games to one. I don't know what the score is in the oh, game, man. if the game's even on. Well... Whoever beats them, hats off to them. Cause they cheat. They're losing <laughs> right now, uh, one to zero to Minnesota, and they're up two games to one. So Minnesota's trying to force a game five. Yeah, that time of the year, baseball playoffs, football in the swing of things. We got basketball about to start back. I think hockey just started. Your Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, we raised the banner last night. Ah, uh, yeah. They had it where it was dope. They had a uh, they had a big slot machine out there, and they pull pulling the lever, and the slot machine came up with three Stanley Cup trophies, and then the fucking banner went up. It was pretty dope, I thought. 
always got the Vegas themed gimmicks. And that was like a big point of contention when they were starting to bring sports teams to Vegas. They're like, the players aren't going to be focused. But I heard that's not the case at all. I heard it's the opposite. Like, it's more distraction for the visiting teams coming in. I mean, it's just like any other city, right? Like, would you be focused in New York or Miami? Like, I think I'd, I think I'd have way less focus in Miami than Vegas. Nah, I wouldn't be focused in any of those cities. I, I would be, I'd be the statistic that shows that it does go against me. <laughs> they just traded EJ to Cleveland. <laughs> if you get focused now. Yeah, you ain't got shit to pay snow. attention to. <laughs> Keep your ass in the house. Sean Watson. <laughs> we had a we had a big week of pro wrestling. EJ, we had um, was it Fastlane? Yeah, Fastlane. WWE um, Fastlane. Then uh, you know we're recording a day later. So last night was a Title Tuesday, as Tony Khan said it, or or Tuesday Night Wars. NXT with a loaded show. AEW a day earlier. Um, obviously, you had Collision and SmackDown. Roman Reigns comes back this week finally. I I don't even know what he looks like anymore. Yeah, man. Wrestling is wrestling right now. I feel like usually wrestling kind of tails off when football starts, but they've been fucking picking it up lately. I mean, I feel like the circumstances like where the stars align where they had to go head to head yesterday, but you know, Nothing has been blowing me out of the water, but nothing's been bad. You know, I think they're making their way towards a Survivor Series, and then you got AEW building up towards full gear. But, you know, like I said, I think yesterday was an anomaly where both heroes had to stack themselves up to go against each other. Well, normally, EJ, we can't do uh, power rankings for Dynamite in the same show. We have to wait till the following week, but this week... They were actually, it happened, you know, after before we record. So let's go ahead and jump it off with the power rankings. Let's get it. I think I went first last week. Or did I? I can't remember. I can't keep track. <laughs> you can go first again if you want. It doesn't matter to me. All right. So my number five pick, I'm kind of cheating with this one because... This this guy lost the match, but it's for two people. It's for the two people who put the match on. And I got to see it in person, which was a treat. American Dragon, Daniel Bryanson, and I'm going to put Swerve Scott, or Swerve Strickland, my bad. They put on a banger, man. It was exciting to see it in person. And I guess we'll talk a little bit later about my experience at both SmackDown and Dynamite a little bit later. But, yeah, man, they kicked it off, the show off, and fans were into it. And we discussed on previous shows how we're like uh, the the black champions to get the title first. It might be Ricky Starks, man. I don't know, man. Swerve is over, man. <laughs> like, it's crazy, right? Like he's supposed to be a heel. Yeah, like throughout the throughout the arena, throughout the whole match, all fans were chanting, "Was whose house?" And you know how over Brian Danielson is, but crowd was favoring Swerve a little bit more in that match. I was just about to say that to get. To get the crowd to cheer for you when you're in a match with Brian Danielson is that's saying something. And you know, 
doesn't hurt that he has Prince Nana out there acting a fool every week and everybody in the crowd was doing it. They probably didn't shoot to the crowd when everybody in the crowd was doing that little dance that Nana was doing. It's crazy. <laughs> Even if they didn't have rhythm, they was doing it. That's funny. Uh, yeah, my, my number five. <clears throat> my number five, still your WWE World Heavyweight Champion, the winner of a last man standing match with Shinsuke Nakamura. And the reason he's number five and not higher is because I don't like I don't like him. Seth? Yeah, I'm over it. I'm a, I'm over the music. I'm over the fucking weird outfits. I'm over how he's acting. Um, I'm over the fact that he's got a broken back, but he comes out dancing after a last man standing match. <laughs> I'm over the fact that Nakamura basically did everything except for shoot him, and he kept getting up. And he did a fucking Falcon Arrow and won. I'm over the fact that it made Nakamura kind of look like a punk. Yeah. All valid points. But I brought this up probably two, three months ago, multiple times. I said, how over is Seth Rollins or is that music over? Take the music away. Is he still as popular? I don't know. Might be right. Uh, my number four, your new AEW World Tag Team Champions after squashing the Revival. Because in the great words of Cody Rhodes, fuck the Revival. <laughs> Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks finally gets an official AEW championship as he is now a tag team champion. And when did you get a chance to actually watch Collision? This week I did it uh, Sunday morning. That's the same time I watched it. I think we might have even been mentioning something in the chat. We probably watched it at the same time because I didn't get any spoilers. And I just uh, I saw that uh, who got pinned. It was Dax that got pinned. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't expect it. I didn't expect to see it happen because I was just casually watching. I think I was eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> they got their ass whooped. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we got a new champion. I'm not mad at it. Somebody's got, you know? I mean, obviously, uh, what's the other one's name? Dax and Cash. Cash obviously, Cash has to be injured because he didn't take any, like, any kind of uh, offense. So, And uh, I think that was the first time that somebody's got put through an announce table at AEW because they've talked about in the past how that table doesn't break because it's reinforced. Cash went through it. <laughs> yeah, he, he damn sure did. Um, I don't know. I just I like Ricky Starks. I like Ricky Starks having a heavy. I was never really in the big cast, but oh wow, I didn't realize his name was Big Cast. Now it's Big Bill. I did just hit me. Yeah. Wow. He's... It was. I think it was Colin Cassidy, and it, his nickname was Big Cast. Actually. Yeah. Um. You know, I've never really been a fan of his, but I, I will say this. I know the guy was in uh, some mental issues and and addictions and shit like that, and he's turned his life around, and, like, he looks like it. Like, he used to be, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of, like, big and flabby. And he's yeah, fucking yeah. all muscle. Uh, he, he looks like a bad... I mean, he looks like a mix between a badass and a fucking dork, right? Like, <laughs> he's got a real dorky face. But then you look at him, you're like, that's one fucking nerd I'm not fucking with. Like, we, you can talk all the Harry Potter you want to, bro. Like, I'm not making fun of you at all. 
Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> hey, my guy was down bad, like you said. Uh, he had addictions, lost Carmella. I was about to say, when you fumble Carmella, yeah, <laughs> shit, <But>. yeah. <laughs> He got he got it back together, got in shape. Now he's got Lexi. Lexi who? Lexi prime. in there? Is that who he's dating? Yeah. Got engaged. He just proposed to her, I want to say. Damn. He got down on one knee. He was still taller than her. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Good so, for him. Yeah. Hats off the... Man, these wrestlers kill. are hooking up left and right. It's like college in wrestling. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Everybody's looking just, at them for like 200 days out of the year. Yeah. What do you expect? <laughs> I, you know, I've always said like they're like, you know, they're pro athletes, whether people want to say it or not. They're in the best shape in the world. Like they're constantly like adrenaline's going every time you see somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex that you're into. They're like dripping sweat and breathing hard and shit. Like, yeah, y'all are going out partying and drinking. People are going to hook up. Dripping sweat, pheromones, like you said. Yeah. Like a big brothel back there. I mean, you got Braun Breaker and uh, not Tatum. What's Cora Jade. Cora Jade. Yeah. Um, DG and the Rascal guy. Yeah. It's a bunch of couples. Yeah. We wouldn't it is. be able we to sit could, down yeah. and name them all. Have, you know what we should do? We should do a top 10 power ranking of the couples in wrestling. We should do like some type of special where we do that. <laughs> a couples in down. wrestling power ranking. Watch somebody come out with this shit next week after listening to this. I know, right? Uh, I already know who would be my, not number one. Probably, It'd probably be Seth and Becky. Really, no number spoiler. one? Probably. We'd have to It'd go over. Cri- we'd have to do criteria. Like, what are we talking about here? We talking about like most attractive couple, like I like mean, couple you'd want to hang I'm, out with the most. I'm secure in my masculinity. I don't know if I put Seth on that. Man. I mean, I get, if we we're just going off of that, then I'd probably put uh, uh, Bianca and uh, our guy. Montez, yeah. They're Montez. Good-looking couple. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, pr- you're mean, probably right. They probably would be number one fifth based off just, like, overall attractiveness. Yeah, but I think if we did a list like that, we'd have to factor everything. Yeah, in. it'd have to be, like, you know, that. It'd have to be likability. Obviously, like what they do in the ring. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think Seth and but, Becky could make number one just because when they're on camera together, they suck. Yeah, it was cringy. Then they do like a little bit right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If they got no chemistry on camera, does that mean they got no chemistry in the bedroom, EJ? Huh? huh? Ah, now we just speculating. He's probably doing all types of CrossFit. That's what. Yeah. The- them motherfuckers got big ass tires and sledgehammers in the bedroom and fucking clouds of, clouds of chalk everywhere and shit. All types of freaky stuff. <laughs> Putting in the air like LeBron. <laughs> the <chalk>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now who's the man, Becky? She's like me. Yeah, me still. <laughs> He's like, you right. You uh, got it. I don't know how we went off on this tangent, but uh, back to Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Um, I wonder, like you said, how much of it is because of that injury or if it, even if it is, though, Ricky Starks deserves some type of goal and some type of, you know, accolade. And uh, Big Bill, I mean, it was a lazy comparison, but, you know, a lot of people saying they've been giving Shawn Michaels and Diesel vibes with this pairing. And, I mean, I'm not mad at that comparison. I feel like they always say that when there's a big guy and a little guy. I mean, you know, that's kind of the blueprint of it. 
Yeah, I guess they. I remember they were doing that shit with uh, Roxanne and and Roxy. Weren't they a tag yeah. team? Was it Roxanne? And Ro- Who was Raquel Rodriguez tag team with? She, she was with uh, the girl in Damage Control, the uh, Dakota Kai. Yeah, they were doing it with them. They were like, oh yeah, that's. Shout out to our boy Joel up in Canada. He he was probably yelling at his fucking radio when we're sitting there trying to find that because he loves him from Dakota Kai. Um, but yeah, they were doing it with them. I'm like, I don't see Shawn Michaels and Diesel. I see Dakota Kai and Raquel. Yeah, I mean, like you said, anytime it's a big big man and little man, they're gonna get those comparisons. But I don't know what I see Raquel more like, is right now. Raquel just, and Dakota Kai were more like X Pac and Kane. <laughs> Man, he's giving her X Pac comparison. I mean, X Pac ain't good. bad comparison. Kane is the shit comparison, though, because that's what I think of Raquel. She's just big. Kane was good, man. Kane had like a year and a half of good work in his whole career. They just had him doing weird stuff after he unmasked. I liked you, it initially when he, uh, like, he put JR on fire. That was funny. You talk about Seth Rollins, like, take away Kane's fucking entrance in music. What do you got? A big fucking dork. He was like, you know, it was kind of cool. He was like, you know, you had uh, Sub-Zero and Mortal Kombat and Scorpion. That's what him and Undertaker was. He's like Undertaker's yang to his yang. They're like clones of each other as far as moveset and stuff. So. Kane had the longevity and Kane didn't make a fool of himself towards the end of his career in ring wise. Yeah, he did. He was like corporate Kane. I didn't, I wasn't really watching during that. You didn't you didn't see when <laughs> Kane was the fucking he was Triple H's like right hand man. I I saw it, but like I went I retroactively saw it like going through WWE Network and you know randomly picking an episode of Raw. I'm like, what is, what is going on here? He had <laughs> the balding hair going on and. <laughs> how about I don't even know how like well, how did even how that storyline even come apart of uh, uh, you know coming to fruition? How about I don't I don't remember how he ended up joining the corporate side, but like the whole point of him wearing a fucking mask was because he was disfigured. <laughs> the motherfucker took took the mask off with Rob Van Dam in the ring with him, and he was just ugly. There was nothing wrong with him. <laughs> there was no. no there was no fucking burns or anything like that. This motherfucker was just ugly. No, you remember? The, you don't remember the first week he took it off though. He had, yeah, like, like, he had like paint on his face. It was yeah, like it was smoke like dark and, like it was charred. But then they just abandoned it the next week. No, it was because he would wear that fucking paint around his eyes when he put his mask on to make his face look darker on the inside, and I guess some sweating and shit. But yeah, somebody's turned around. He was just ugly with a bad haircut. Yeah, and. You know, he really had hair. They cut it off when he unmasked, and then they attached it to the mask after that. Yeah, right. He was, he was just not a good-looking dude. Yeah, he thought he was going to be burnt. Uh, Got to love wrestling storylines. Kane used to be big as shit, though, back when he was wearing that mask. Like, there was one point, like, he was fucking swolled up. He probably juicing, man. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I remember uh, he used to have the dopest outfit, too, right? But I think it was WrestleMania one year. I'm trying to think. Mm. It was WWE Raw, the video game on PlayStation, and you could change yeah. people's outfits. And you could give Kane, instead of him having all red with the little black, like, shark tooth things, it was all black with the red. 
and he never fucking wore it. I remember he wore it one WrestleMania, and we all like freaked out when he came out. We were like, "Oh shit, he's was got this, the shit on." Was this the Warzone game or the Attitude game? It might have been Warzone. Mm-hmm. It was whichever one was on the original PlayStation. Yeah, yeah Warzone, and it came with Attitude. I want to think it was the match against Kurt Angle. He wore all black. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, I could be wrong though. But I just remember like. I was fucking freaking out when he came out in that black. I didn't even like Kane. I was like, he got that shit on. That man, Kane was like the original unstoppable monster. Who did they market as that? They did it with almost a little bit, Braun for a little bit, but Kane was like the original unstoppable monster until they unmasked him. Well, before that, they had him do the goofy DX stuff. I didn't like that. Remember he was dating a chick, Tori? Hell yeah, she was hot. Yeah, they were my favorite wrestling sign of all time. There was somebody in the crowd that says, Tori loves smoked sausages. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember that shit 20-something years later. Tori likes smoked sausages. You got to love the Attitude Era signs. You go back and look at pictures from those shows, crowd full of signs. I was just at two wrestling shows. It was like a tenth of that, if that. Nobody has signs nowadays. You know Kane. I don't know why? Kane had Tory. He had AJ Lee. Who else? I thought he had one more. Was it was it Kane a cut though? Didn't Xbox steal Tory and he was still with him? Were they still cool after that? Or did I, it, was that? The I want to think that's when he turned on him. Okay. And Tory turned on Kane too. He had Lita. Like Kane was. What what is he doing? Some creepy stuff. With, didn't he like rape Lita or something? They're alluding to it. <laughs> She liked it, though, because she stayed with him. They got married. Was that one of those times where she did it against her will, and then she eventually... Turned over to him, yeah. And then she turned okay. on him and joined Edge. That was, like, right when I first started, was about to dip out. Because I was, like, I think I was, like, just now in college, and I was still watching a little bit. And I'm like, man, this is this is going off the rails. So he had, off the top of my head, he had Tori, he had Lita, he had AJ, and he had Katie Vick. Oh, my goodness. Necrophilia. <laughs> no, that Rest was Triple H. That was Triple H that did the necrophilia stuff. Triple H jumped in the fucking coffin with her. Every time, every time Triple H goes to Endeavor wanting to be the fucking head boss, they show him that video. They're like, we can't put you in. <laughs> like, we can't put your motherfucking ass in charge. What if somebody Googles this shit? Sorry, Paul. But, yeah. You know, this is still out there. You drugged Stephanie and took her through a drive through wedding, and then you fucking had sex with a dead corpse on TV. Like, and you were racist to Booker T. Like, your track record shit. Uh, art imitating life, or, yeah, art imitating life, I guess, or, or the other way around, because he ended up marrying in real life. China was heated. But yeah, man. Triple H was a menace, man. <laughs> I, I have Katie Vick, though. It definitely Vince's thumbprints all over it. He probably thought it was so funny. Ah, ah, ah. This is hilarious, pal. <laughs> Such good shit. Just crazy. Yeah. I don't know where we are in the power ring. You just did your number four. So that means I do my number four. This, ah, I don't know how I feel about this. I guess we could talk about this a little more after I, I announce it. But number four is your new international champion, Orange Cassidy. Defeating Ray Phoenix. How hurt is John Moxley? 
I don't know. I don't know if like was he ever cleared? Was this their way of swerving us and putting OC back in there? But what's the point of having Moxley take the title then lose it to Phoenix? Well, he lost it to Phoenix because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing he was supposed to win it back tonight. And then they just give it back to Orange Cassidy. Like, okay. So, if it if the if the plan all along was that Mox wasn't clear, we just wanted to have a surprise and Orange Cassidy win it back, then I'm with that. But if this was like a last-minute thing and we're like, it's supposed to be Mox, we're just going to give it to Cassidy instead. I don't like that at all because – they did a good job of building this title to be basically your IC title with Gunther's doing, and now it's almost like regulated to what the TNT title was, and now the TNT title's kind of rising back up with what Christian is doing. So I don't, I don't like the hot potato with it, especially if if it was supposed to be Mox that was supposed to get it, and now they're just doing it just to have a title change on TV. I don't like that, but since they gave the OC then. They need to let him run with it again and don't hot potato it back to Moxley if he's healthy, because I'll hate that. Mm. But, yeah, that's my number four. My number three is your number five and still your world heavyweight champion, Seth freaking Wallace, with the win against Shinsuke Nakamura at Fastlane, last man standing. And uh, everything you hated about the follow-up, I hate about it, too. Where he wasn't hurt the next day at Raw. He's dancing around like a fool. And I don't know. I'm ready for the next evolution of Seth. I'm kind of over singing and all this nonsense as well. But it's my number three. Uh, my honorable mention, I guess I should have did this before we started, is your boy L.A. Knight. I don't think he's ever made my power rankings, but he was real close this week. Real close. Um but my number three is actually SmackDown Women's Champion or WWE Women's Champion, EO Sky, after defeating Charlotte and Asuka in a triple threat match. What do you think about the match? I think Charlotte sucks. You don't like that moonsault? I mean, I'm going to die on this hill and, you know, I feel like I don't feel like I'm in the minority with it. I don't feel like I'm in the majority. I think it's like split down the middle. I think there are people that think Charlotte is really good in the ring. And then I think there are people that are smart and can see wrestling like me that think she's not good. I mean, moonsault aside, I don't know, man. I'm not, I don't have that good of an eye where I could point out like small nuances, but I think you made the point before that where if she's with somebody who's good, then she's really good, but she can't bring a lesser wrestler up to her level. I guess that's the mark of being good is being able to get people that aren't as good to your level. So, I mean, you might have a point. You know, when I first noticed this, this was uh, before Becky turned into the man. Her and Charlotte were friends, and they were they weren't in a feud with the Iconics. And this is when the Iconics first came, so they weren't nearly as good. And I remember Becky wrestling Peyton Royce and uh, Billy Kay, like, back-to-back weeks. She's building up a win streak. And I remember Charlotte wrestling them. And I remember the matches were just absolute dog shit. And I was just like, I know Peyton Royce is, like, at least decent. Like, I just saw her wrestle Becky. And then I put it together, and I've watched Charlotte with, like, Ruby Soho and 
you know, not that Ruby Soho's not good, but I've seen matches with her and Ruby that were just awful, right? But then she gets in there with like Asuka and Becky, uh, Bailey, like the top tier echelon people. And you're like, man, Charlotte is so good. But she's not. She, I've heard people say they put her in that triple threat match because she had to carry the load in WrestleMania. Right. At WrestleMania. You couldn't have had a good match if Charlotte wouldn't have been there. I'm sorry. They force her into all these triple threat matches and all these title matches and stories. And she's like a black hole of like fun, you know, like EO Sky and and Oscar. It was fun. And then all of a sudden Charlotte's in it. You're like, man, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's what bothers me more. The booking, how they make her seem like she's the end all be all of the women's division. I don't mind her in the ring all that much, but like, chill, man. Like, I guess they get away with it maybe because it's the women's division, which is not an excuse. But if it was like if she were with John Cena, like fans boot him out of the building because they feel like he's being forced down people's throats. And then with Roman before he came back, uh, I don't know how how uh, Charlotte is able to skate on by without like a lot of backlash from the people that are going in person to see these shows. How come you don't think that she's getting like that vitriol in person? I don't know. I think the woo, the fact that she's Ric Flair's daughter, um, she just generates that. Like if she didn't have the woo factor, I don't think she, it's like Seth Rollins song. I don't think she'd be as popular as she is. People love doing that shit. You went to it. You were at an AEW show last night. Did you hear people wooing there? Yeah, that's like synonymous with the chops. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it is what it is. Whatever. I'm, why are we even talking about Charlotte? She didn't make my fucking power rankings. <laughs> she never will. Uh, she may make mine. I doubt it because I'm not a, a Charlotte fan. What? I don't know. Never say never. That was your number two? No, that was my number three. My number two, your new undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Cody Rhodes and Main Event Jey Uso. And these motherfuckers were so drunk at the press conference afterwards, especially Jey. Cody was trying to keep it together. Even drunk, Cody was still a fucking, like, buttoned up corporate stooge yeah, he was able to hold it together a little bit both of these guys were lit, lit though I don't think Ooh. he could hold it together he was, he was more fucking just shutting the fuck up so he wouldn't say nothing you know, <laughs> you've been there EJ <laughs> you start drinking a little early and you your friend's parents come home early and you just sit there <laughs> just silent in your own world yeah. like what, what was going on back there like how were they able to get so lit? I'm probably on Cody's bus. Oh, yeah. He does have the Cody Express. And, I mean, they fucking, they were the first match out there. Jay don't even look like he showered. He came out with his fucking ring gear on still. Hey, as long as they took the keys away from Jay and it's all good. That's Jimmy. Uh, I, thought they, I thought they both got it. But I digress. That's beside the point. Yeah. You saw uh, that clip I sent you. <laughs> he was. 
He was making some type of weird noise, barking like a dog or something. Yeah, like yeah. I watched the whole. Pre- I watched the press conference the next day because I heard about like it's all I heard about. I heard about that and somebody asking EO Sky to uh, wrestle Taylor Swift. That's all that was all over Twitter. So, yeah, do better wrestler media. Like, like, what kind of a question is that? Would she wrestle Taylor Swift? Of course she would. Put a bag. <laughs> right. I feel like those people that are uh, in, they're allowed in those press conferences. Like, obviously, you got the people that actually work and earn a living uh, working for wrestling websites and shit like that. But then you got, like, podcasters that are there just for fun. And I feel like when they get there, it's like a mix between do I do this so the people that listen to my show, like, are entertained by it, or do I ask a real question? Yeah, you know, it's all about balancing, you know, real questions with stuff that's just going to get you clicks. And then there's people that are in there that, like, try to be funny and they're not, and they just don't shut the fuck up. Like, you're not funny. Like, this ain't about you. You tried. Move along. Um, But, yeah, what do you think they were drinking back there, if you had to guess? What what does Cody drink? Cody? Cody probably drinks... uh, Tequila. He's a tequila. He seems like yeah. a, he'd be like a cranberry vodka type of guy. Yeah, I can see that. I can see Cody doing something that doesn't have a lot of calories in it. <laughs> yeah, he probably put soda, cranberry. I mean, a vodka soda. Yeah, we'll <laughs> splash, a cran- splash of cranberry. <laughs> and Jay, he look, he's straight off the henny. Jay, everything. <laughs> if it's open, he'll drink it. That's what Jay uh, looks like. Yeet. Hey, you, you see Jimmy back there? Hold up. You didn't win nothing, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that damn beer. You got to drive anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll do the later. Yeah. I, I didn't expect them to win the belts. Oh, I had a you know, small inkling that they may be able to win the belts. Uh, but it was kind of a shock because... I thought Cody was trying to finish the story, and I didn't know the tag team belts were incorporated in him finishing the story. So, like I said uh, before, is the story finished now? Now that he won the belts, he, did, he said he wanted to win belts, so the story's finished, huh? His dad never won the tag team titles in WWE, did he? Yeah, there we go. Story finished. You don't have to go against Roman again. Why is Roman the story though? Why can't he beat like Damian Priest if Damian cashes in on Roman? I got a feeling that Damien might not have a successful cash in, man. I think he'll cash in on Seth. But when? He got a broken back and just lost a hellacious last man standing match. Yeah, but he was out there the next night. He was out there the next night during the electric slide, though. Like, (laughs) nothing wrong with that motherfucker's back. Uh, Electric slide. Doing the cha-cha slide yeah. to the left. Take it back now, y'all. <laughs> uh, He'll cash in yeah. whenever mommy tells him he can. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Backstage, she was like, it's not right. His knee, I guess. Who messed his knee up? JD messed his knee up. Yeah, JD hit him with the briefcase. Your knee's not. I don't know. It's starting to spin the wheels a little bit with this storyline. I kind of like the slow burn, but uh, it's t- starting to get a little repetitive. But hey, 
Shout out to Cody and Jada for winning the belts. Mm. If you had to guess, who do you think is going to be the main attraction for uh, Survivor Series? Roman. Bloodline? Just Roman. Roman versus so whoever. He, oh, you think he's going to defend the belt? He's got to. He hasn't defended the belt since SummerSlam. So? You know, I was all I was all hold on, hold on. I, before before we get into that. I forgot. Don't they got a they got a Saudi show? You don't think he might defend at the Saudi show? Oh yeah, he want that money. Yeah. So he might just do a tag team match like he did when he lost to the uh Did they lose to the Usos in Saudi or was that was that yeah, the United did. Kingdom? Yeah, they did. They did. They did. No, they no, did. no. That's when uh that's when Jimmy turned on them was in Saudi. Then Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Money in the bank, they they lost yeah. the money. They the lost bank. money in the bank in in the United Kingdom. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, I just got a feeling, even if it's not war games, they're gonna do some type of big Survivor Series match, and I don't know if it's gonna be the Bloodline or it's gonna be Judgment Day, or maybe both. I don't know. Ko, Sammy, Jay, Cody versus mm-hmm. Judgment Day and JD. Mm. And then this might just do a tag match with Roman Cena or something like that. Probably just Roman Cena one on one, or maybe that's when LA Knight gets his shot and he gets squashed. I mean, he's gonna lose. But I'm sure they're not gonna squash the guy. He's gonna get squashed. Yeah, that was your number two. That means I'm on my number two. My number two is your new. AEW Women's Champion, three-time Women's Champion, Sheeta, a win over Soraya. I didn't, ex- huh. did I expect it? I don't know if I expected this. It's because Soraya just won it at uh, All In. That's only what, that was end of August, so it's been a month of some change. <laughs> but, you know. I guess they're marketing Sheeta as being basically the face of the company three times. You got some women that haven't even won it once. But Sheeta could go. I'm not mad at it. You know, I wasn't expecting it. But you got to get it back on Tony somehow in the future, in their future, right? I got a... AEW pissed me off last night when it comes to Tony Storm. Um, (laughs) Why? She's putting all this work into this character. And for you jabronis out there on Twitter, like, it was a silent movie. That's the joke. Shut the fuck up, okay? Excuse me. These motherfuckers say, we're going to go to Tony Storm's video package. And they go to commercial. And it's a Lady Gaga commercial taking up three quarters of the screen. And they put Tony Storm's little video in this little bitty part of the screen over here that you can't see. Oh, that's, that's how it came off on TV. It was, of course, in the arena. It was on the big TV, and she's over, man. Fans were popping during uh, that video. It was a silent video, but, like, fans in the arena were going wild, man. (laughs) I couldn't even see what happened. I was watching on my phone because I had NXT on the TV, and I couldn't even see it. It's like she's the most over woman in your company since Britt Baker was climbing up the power rankings list. And you continuously... Like, try to cut her legs off from under. It's almost like, they're like, yeah, we recognize you're over it and we're going to let you do this stuff, but we're not going to, like, all the way push you. 
you know. Yeah, we're going to let you have the title, a title match with Soraya. And she's got a broken neck. And you're going to power drive the fuck out of her. But she's going to kick out, even though that's your finishing move. Like, And then she's going to hit you with her finishing move one time, and you're going to lose. And then you go back to the back of the line. I just don't get it. I don't get why you don't put, just put the belt on Tony and let her fucking keep it till she's not over anymore. Who's, Sheeta had the longest title reign that I can remember, right? She had it forever during the pandemic, but it was during the pandemic. Since then, that title's been a hot potato. Put it on Tony Storm. If she wins it at full gear, let her keep it to the next full gear. A whole fucking year. Yeah, um, having Sheeta being a pit stop, a little bit head scratching. Um, but I don't think they don't have faith in her. We'll see how she's booked, cause I mean, at this point, she's undeniable. So I'm at a wait and see type approach right now. I mean, like you said, she's hot as fish grease right now. But I don't like the hot potato, so full gear, what, that's next month? Do you pull the trigger and get it off of Sheeta again? Yeah, She's just a transitional champion to get it on to somebody else. Why, why can't Soraya do the job for Tony? I don't get that. I'm sure they're friends real tight backstage. Why come Soraya couldn't drop it to Tony? I don't know. <laughs> I, you, you try to ask me to decipher AEW booking right now, and I'd be better off like reciting Pythagorean's theorem, which I haven't done in like twenty-two years. Yeah, I mean, it look. I guess it's going to be probably Sheeta versus Tony at full gear. That's the only thing I could think of. Was Pythagorean's theorem A square plus B square equals C square? Was that him? Uh, yes, in the wrong one. I was terrible at math. After we got to like 10th, 11th grade, when it started to go to uh, pre-cal and all that, I was good up until like algebra two. <laughs> or was he the motherfucker that was like an object that starts in motion, stays in motion or some shit like that? Let's see here. Pythagorean. I have no clue. I didn't even spell his name. How would you spell Pythagorean? I have no clue. I spelled it P A, like Pythagorean. It's P Y. Maybe a T, maybe an E. No, it's P Y, like a Python. Oh, oh no, Pythag Pythagorean's theorem is uh the sum of the square of the legs in the right triangle is equal to the sum of the hypotenuse. This side, the opposite right angle. Or, in layman's terms, EJ, C equals the square root of A squared plus B squared. Uh, Wait, that is what I said. Is it uh, not? Probably. Like I said, whatever you say. Oh, fuck yeah, I was right. Or in familiar. See? Fuck yeah. They just, they wrote it out the long way. C equals the square root of A squared plus B squared. But it's actually A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Fuck yeah. You... We're teaching you sons of bitches not only how to book a wrestling company, Tony Khan. We're teaching you all about Pythagorean's theorem. We're going to call that Fred's theorem from here on out because we can't spell Pythagorean. <laughs> and there you have it. Get math lessons on Boot to the Face as well. Yeah. But my number one was your number two, I think, or was your number three? Cody and Jay. And we'll have to 
go off and talk about them anymore because we pretty much tested it. But the new tag team champions, my number one in the power rankings for this week. Let's talk about your experience of wrestling in the past week, EJ. Oh, did, oh, did we go? Did we go your number one yet? Yeah, my number one was uh. Oh, I'm sorry. You're we, right. We didn't. I thought we did because we were just talking about it. My number one was Hikaru Shida. There we have. Yep. Transitional Shida. <laughs> I mean, can't take away she's a three-time champion. First ever in but, the company's history. I don't know. How, she could have won the TBS championship and let Tony get the world. Well, Tony was the first two-time women's champion. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's three. Hey, shout out to Sheeta. Uh, so, do you watch Tony Storm's matches on like Collision and Rampage and shit? Yeah, I watch all of them. It's time for the titty slap. <laughs> did you did you hey. see her? She told her, she said, "Come here, give me those titties." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. That's hilarious. Right here, I she, it was. Uh, it was. It was Sky she Blue. Slap- she was fighting. When she, she was, did that. she was slapping the hell out of Kiera Hogan's booty, though. <laughs> no, Hogan was slapping her ass. Oh, it was the other way. I know it was a, a lot of booty slapping. So you know, uh, uh, how the the site I used to watch it on. So when AEW goes to commercial, this site doesn't do that because it plays the overseas stuff. So mm-hmm. the commentators keep talking through commercial. Man, Ian Riccoboni, he was trying to like. <laughs> Put in the wrestling terms why Kira Hogan kept slapping Tony Storm's ass, talking about like it sends vibrations to her legs and like yeah. makes her le- like <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I w- I'd have been sitting that. there like, or maybe because she got a fat ass and she wanted to slap it. <laughs> yeah, I watched that same feed as you when I watched it on replay, where they uh actually when it's supposed to be picture in picture is overseas and they show the actual match and yeah, like you said, he was trying to. <laughs> Do some nerdy breakdown uh, and be uh, politically correct. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Good for them. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Kara Hogan. She's finally getting some shine on Collision. In person, man, Kara Hogan is like one of the most like beautiful looking women I've ever seen in my life. Like man. she she walked by me at Wrestlecade, her and Red uh, Red Velvet, and I was like, I couldn't fucking breathe for a second. I was like, what is happening? And then Layla Gray came by following them right Oof. when I started breathing again. I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Dia, hey, Diamante's a lucky woman, but mm-hmm. bring up mm-hmm. Layla Gray. What's, what's going on with her now? She's because wrestling on I'm, the indies and shit. Yeah, but I, have you seen uh, that Netflix show, Wrestlers? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a pretty good show. It, it's about OBW and how Al Snow is still, you know. The little engine that could, he's still having it churning and going on right along. And they got this one girl named Holly Hood. Holly, is it Holly Hood? Yeah, the little Holly white Hood. girl, little blonde girl. Yeah, that tries to act like she's ghetto. Yeah, like yeah, it. she, she's a uh, yeah, she, she's so she's so annoying, but you can't like take your eyes off of it because you know when the cameras aren't rolling, she's probably dropping all types of n bombs. <laughs> I don't know, not in those locker rooms on the Indies anymore. Yeah, but you get, yeah, you get her, fucked her, up uh, around here doing that yeah, shit. Exactly, <laughs> but she, she's a uh, the guy she's dating. He's like between you and, and my age. He's mm-hmm. an older dude, and she's like twenty two, and he's like a slime ball too. But it's a pretty good show. And Layla Gray is kind of like a side character on it, 
And they showed when she got signed to AEW, that, like, that's kind of where the last episode is. Like, she's like, I got signed to AEW, and that's where I know her from. So is it like a reality show, or is it like a TV show? It's a doc, it's a docu-series. Oh, so, yeah. okay. I might check that out. That sounds cool. It's good. It's it's really good, like, because you I, see how these people are grinding on the grind, and Layla Gray got signed, and I'm like, yeah, I know her from AEW, but of course they shot this, like, a year and a half ago or so. so. Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of like Heels on Stars. No. That's why I was like, no, nah, I hadn't watched it. That's cool, though. I, I'm going to check that out. I've always wanted them to do something like that on the end. Like, you see the behind-the-scenes stuff with WWE, and they and they do that shit so good. They're documentaries, but I've always wanted somebody to do it outside, like, people that are, like you said, that are on their grind trying to get signed and to follow them around until they do. Like, I don't know. Just to see how you got an idea of how life would be as a WWE wrestler, right? But... How would it be as an indie wrestler, like making towns and booking flights and working your regular job throughout the week and going to the gym and then on the weekends flying to a different part of the country to wrestle? Yeah, and they and with this and this show in particular, they show the struggle of they got these investors that bought OEW and they're not from the wrestling world. They're more they're, they came from the sports talk type world. So you see the tug of war between. Al Snow, like, I know what I'm talking about wrestling, but the people that bought the company are like, we got to entertain these people and trying to put, uh, think outside of the box of, like, non-traditional wrestling ideas, and it's a pretty good show. I highly recommend it to you, but Layla Gray, she's on it, and I hadn't seen her in AEW recently. Like, what's going on with that? I don't know, but you said Layla Gray's on it. I'm sold. Yeah. Man, check it out if you don't got nothing to do this weekend. But, uh, I think you were before uh, we finished with power rankings. Uh, you were asking about my uh, adventures in wrestling this past weekend. I think. Yeah. Uh, how how was SmackDown and how was AEW? Um, as far as like, you know, compare the people that were in the stands, like what the the demographics were. Excuse me. Compare like the size of the building, the size of the crowd the energy in the crowd and then like tell me which show you had the most fun at so i went to smackdown first and smackdown was at what's the name i can't remember the name of the arena the enterprise center i want to say it's st louis it's the where the blues play so it's mm-hmm. the, the big arena well, you know wwe always has more family friendly type of crowd but you had people of all ages there and yeah it was high energy and I know you're gonna hate to hear this, but LA Knight, man, he was the most over <laughs> in that building. I beg your pardon. I don't hate to hear that. I don't uh, like, I don't not like LA Knight. I just think he's all sizzle, no flavor. Yeah, like, this is the first time I got to witness it in person. But even outside of the actual show, you be in the, going through the lobby, getting your nachos. Yeah. And Everybody in the yeah, everybody in the whole arena, yeah, like the whole entire time, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is going on? I wouldn't be mad at that if that replaced the what and the woo. Wouldn't be mad at all. You know what? LA Knight would be one of my top favorite wrestlers of all time if he did that. It's it's not though because people do what to be assholes and to cut your promo off. Yeah, it's kind of like you're agreeing with the person cutting the promo, so I don't think it's gonna replace the what. 
It'd be cool though if it did. I feel like what is it was meant to be endearing, and people turned it into an asshole thing. But I think sometimes they do it to people that they like still. No, I think they're still trying to hijack. Even when they do it to people they like, it's when they start doing that, uh, the cadence. If they then they'll do it. But I don't know if they're doing it. I don't know. They may be doing it as an endearing, but it's not endearing. When you start doing the stone cold cadence, they'll do it whether they like you or not. And I've noticed that wrestlers have been switching their cadences up, so you don't really hear a lot too much. Even with like the Judgment Day, they switch their cadences up as you should. But I digress. But yeah, man, the the atmosphere at SmackDown, you know, it was good, man. Uh, I was in the lower bowl section, so I got a good view, and the the, the arena was packed, man. And uh, you know, the people I sat by, they were two younger two younger guys and their dad and you know, they weren't ignoring anything, so it was just nothing out of the ordinary. It was just a good time. And uh they had a dark match afterwards. You had John Cena, Cody, Jay, it was like a five man tag. I wanna say LA Knight was in it too, versus Bloodline and the Judgment Day. And I don't know, man, with Dominic I think they're micing up. They're not piping in like fake noise, but I think they're micing the crowd up because it's kind of like the the noise subtly increases in an unnatural way when he comes out there and get booed. I don't know what they're doing. But. So when I went to Raw a couple months back, there was no micing up. Um, the Atlanta, the Atlanta crowd in itself was crazy that night but when Dominic came out like they shit all over him but I'm not gonna say you're wrong because I've noticed on TV they'll turn his microphone volume down mm-hmm. that way it makes it sound like people are booing him so loud you can barely hear him and it's so noticeable like just let the guy get booed you know what I mean like you don't have to you don't have to fucking sass it up like that I don't know I that right there takes me out of it. Like, just let it be natural. Like, when that shit happened in Atlanta, man, that, I was so impressed. And I was watching it the other day. And you can tell that his microphone was turned down lower than, like, Damian Priest and Rhea's. And it's like, now y'all are faking. Like, is he losing his heat now? Are people starting to actually stop booing him and start cheering him a little more? Who knows? But that's that sucks if you noticed that that much while you were there. Yeah. Like I said, they're not piping it in, but they're definitely messing with volumes and stuff. But yeah, man, LA Knight, like I said, he got probably a bigger pop than Cena, and Cena's a legend. Cody got a pretty big pop. But yeah, it was a good time, man. The Hurt Business, not the Hurt Business, but the Street Profits and Bobby. You saw you saw on TV that uh, Bobby got the win over Ray. Mm-hmm. For them just to have him lose at the pay-per-view which I kind of get but I kind of don't get but I don't think we even talked about that Carlito came back at uh, Fastlane that's cool were you a big Carlito fan back in the day I was not I did like his uh, innuendo he would always have with Tori Wilson though and like all the other women about spitting and swallowing I always thought that was, oh, yeah, that's, that was his gimmick because uh, you, know, you used to spit the apple out so I always thought that was kind of like funny and 
very uh, sophomoric, which is the mind state I was in and still am in that kind of mind state. So I always found that kind of shit funny. Um, but yeah, I don't really care for Carlito. Like he does nothing for me. Either way, I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm just not saying I do like him. Like to me, he never really, I don't know. Like I never wanted to see him win the world title. He kept winning like the IC and the US title and he'd be a tag team champion. But I just, I don't really give a fuck. He looks like a million bucks. He's in shape. Yeah. Um, you said WWE events have a lot of kids in it. And I was just sitting here like trying to do the math. So like where you live, you don't have friends that go watch wrestling with you, right? Nah. So if you go to a wrestling show, you're pretty much going by yourself or whatever. Um, at an AEW show, there's probably a lot of that, right? Like people that don't have friends. Not that this is the only factor in it, but the fact that there's families at WWE, right? Like you go to an AEW show, you go by yourself. As opposed to me, I'd have to get four tickets to a WWE show. That's a four to one ratio right there. Because mm-hmm. it's more family friendly. It's something you can take your kids to. And I think, you know, when AEW started five, six years ago, or or the groundswell for it started, like, all these people are aging out or or growing out of wrestling that were, oh, I want it to be different than WWE. Eventually, you're going to have to go more family friendly because that's where the money is when it comes to attendance and even viewership, right? Like. I don't have to watch AEW. I I can guarantee you AEW doesn't get my rating from where I watch it from because I usually watch it a day later along with like NXT and shit like that. So if they don't go more family friendly, they are going to start losing money pretty soon. I mean, you said, what would you guess? 10, 12,000 people at SmackDown? Yeah, around that. Say about 3,000 people at AEW? So, I don't even get into the AEW experience. So, yeah, AEW was in, well, Independence, Missouri, which is basically Kansas City on the outskirts. And they did it at the Cable Dama Arena, which is an arena that seats about 5,000 people, which I've talked about in the show. That's what they should do, is do smaller arenas and this is probably like the third time that they've been there i think i've been to all of the shows i think they may have came one time right before the pandemic i didn't go to that show but post pandemic i think i've been to pretty much all the shows they had there and this is the first time that i've been there where they had a section it's all lower bowl they don't have an upper bowl because it's a five thousand. they had one section like the one closest to the where it's almost obstructed view but they, you could see there you wouldn't be obstructed it's like the closest to the commentary table that whole section was tarped off and the whole but all the aw shows i've been to it was that section of section 104 and then 106 is where the cameras were nobody was sitting in the camera section mm-hmm. but besides that all the other seats in the bowl were pretty much filled with like a couple scattered seasons, some of, I think it might've been 116 and then maybe another scattered seats. But for the, for the most part, uh, it didn't look bad, even though they didn't have anybody in the, sitting in the 
seats with the cameras. And like I said, they had one section topped off. But yeah, like you said, it's probably like 3,000 people in there. But <clears throat> out of the fans that were there, the energy was high. And it may be, like you said, maybe because, like you said, it's a four, one to four ratio when you bring the whole family there. I just think they're just hitting the markets entirely too frequently. And you could spread it out some because WWE, they come to Springfield, Missouri. They have like a 10,000 seat arena there. I think they even go to Cape Girardeau. Like if you're AEW, do that one year and come back every other year. And then also you, you start hitting up some of these college campuses. Mm. Probably like 50% of your shows would probably be at college campuses. Have like student ticket discounts. Like if you're, if you're a drunk college kid on a Wednesday or Saturday night, let's go see some wrestling. And then of course, like you know, other people that come on campus that come to see shows. Like, but what did I know? I'm not a wrestling you know, promoter. That's a great idea. You just said the Saturday. Now, obviously not during college football season, but Saturday night shows in a college town at a college arena. Like I find it to be pretty fucking smart. Um, just to give you an idea of the sizes while you were talking, I was just looking this up. Also, I don't know if you know this, EJ. There's a WWE Super Show Saturday night in Kansas City. Ah, uh, yeah. For some reason, I thought it was in Springfield. It might be both. I'm probably uh, not. I'm probably not going to that. Yeah, WWE. Those are. You know, have you ever been to a house show? Yeah. Uh, the last house show I went to was in 2001. Oh man, I went to uh, WWE. Oh, I lie. I went to a TNA one in 2006. WWE came through Atlanta on a holiday tour like five or six years ago. We got front row seats and like, who who all was there? Cena was there. Uh, Becky was there. This was before the man. Uh, Becky was fighting Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Nikki Bella fought Natty. Uh, there's a cage match of like Dolph Ziggler and The Miz. John Cena fought. I can't remember who was who he was fighting. Randy Orton was there with Bray, Bray Wyatt and went, Randy Orton were together at the time. Uh, it was just fun, man. Sitting on the front row, like those house shows are just, it's just a different vibe. It's not cameras. Like they're just in there working on shit. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as the ticket sales, so tickets distributed for AW Dynamite title Tuesday, 3,500 out of 30, roughly 3,900. And then for, SmackDown tickets distributed were 10,200 out of 10,500. So big, big difference in ticket sales and the size of the arena. Um, but you said the energy was still good at AEW. So like of which one of them had like the best crowd interaction with stuff, like as far as who was having the most fun. I'd say, I say AEW, but it wasn't like the crowd at SmackDown or Slouchers. They had high energy too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, as the AEW though, maybe because it was a smaller set and then fans felt like they had to bring it. How was it hearing your boy's song in real life? L which A which one night that fucking nineties. Electric guitar and LA Night song. 
L A. It was what it was, but crowd went ape shit. Yeah. And like I said, the guy, guy's over. Now, what they do with him, I don't know. Because he's not a spring chicken. He's not Brian Danielson in ring. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't see him as a world champion. I don't think they were. He just kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's not winning Roman's belt. And I think next up for a long title run is going to be Gunther. So his ceiling might be U.S. title. Is it warranted? That's a question that I can't answer. Because what makes a deserving champion in ring work or, you know, their character work? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's early in his I shouldn't say early in his career, but I'm still like of the ilk that he's more of a flash in the pan than he is like here to stay. I could be wrong. I'm just I feel like his his popularity grew through wrestling fans telling you he was cool. Like LA Knight's the guy. LA Knight's the guy. And then he got really popular. But I mean, if you just and obviously, I'm looking at him with more of a critical eye than the people that like him. But I just see so many, like, just so much stuff I, as a fan, don't like about him. Hey, man. When he was Eli Drake I didn't, back in uh, Impact, I'm like, this will work in the WWE. I didn't watch his NWA stuff, but I watched his Impact stuff back when they were doing the Broken Universe or whatever. I'm like... It's a work in WWE, so I'm not one of these overnight fans that just think he's cool just because everybody else thinks he's cool. I thought he had the charisma, but hey, it's all about timing. Yeah. He's over like hell right now. He's getting ring time with John Cena, and he's in the Bloodline storyline right now, which, you know. What the fuck's going to happen Friday when Roman comes back? You're going to see L.A. Knight and Roman in the ring together? Like, going one-on-one on the mic? Maybe. I tell you what, he don't want no more The Miz on the microphone. <laughs> hey, Miz is that, that, that pinch hitter you can put in in any scenario. But that, this Tuesday Night Water they had going on, you said you were watching one on TV and one on your phone. Which show were you digging more? I like NXT. I, you know, I it just, I don't know. There's something about, normally I can't watch a show with people that I don't know and try to invest in it, but I'm like digging all these NXT people. And there was so much going on with so many like stars coming back. But the thing that got me the most, I don't know if you saw this or not, EJ. There's a video out there. Somebody sneaking around the locker room. And they video through the window. Paul Heyman sitting in the chair. And you can't see who he's talking to. And they scroll over. And they're going up. And it's fucking The Rock's daughter. And he's showing her his phone. It says the bloodline on the back of it. I don't know why. didn't She ain't ready. You know? But still. 
You involving The Rock's daughter? You already know what that means. You already know what that means. The Rock's daughter? Mm. What's that? The Rock's daughter. I can't wait. The Rock's coming back. Uh, You know what? Sorry, Cody. You and Jay can defend the tag titles on night one. I don't know if they'll hold it that long. I don't know what else to tell Cody. Like, you know, this is what happens when you go create another fucking company. (laughs) You come back, you get over and we shit on you. Sorry. You know how it goes. You should have won the world (laughs) title when you was over there. Mm, What if they they do Roman on both nights? You know how much money they're going to have to pay that man to work twice in one weekend? They got that. They got Endeavor money now. TKO. This motherfucker don't work twice in a month. And you talking about him working Saturday and Sunday, AJ, back to back? Shit. Hey, if the bag is big enough, I'm sure he'll uh, put some ice on his back and roll out next night. Mm-hmm. Roman said he don't work two days back to back. He need a month and a half off in between matches. He getting old. Yeah, he's a whole whopping 37 years old. <laughs> he's that old? I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, I think yeah, he might even be 38, actually. What is he going to look like when he comes back? Like, what if he put on weight? Uh, if by weight, you mean muscle? Probably no, I mean, like, what if he done got flabby? Ah, come on, man. He's taking a break like this before. I hear you. I mean, you're right, though. Like, he could come back and be even more fucking ripped than he was. But I don't know. It's just like, I would love it if he came back and he had a little gut. I don't know if I like that. Remember when Brock came back and he was kind of fat and then everybody's making fun of him online and the next time you saw Brock, he had that little V in the six-pack. <laughs> Brock said, you motherfuckers ain't gonna keep talking about me. Let me get out here and fucking plow these damn fields by myself without the tractor. Bench pressing, bison out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I saw they were planting seeds with that. NXT, NXT was fine. I mean, I might be a little biased because I was at the show, but I enjoyed Dynamite a little bit more. Mm-hmm. A lot of the NXT stuff was one-off. You had Oscar versus Roxy. That was a good match. Ron Breaker and Melo, main event in. That was good. You had, America, you had Undertaker come back at the end of the match, which I don't know why. <laughs> Just because he's the bigger badass. He's I like the... The Brian Pillman, I liked his little vignette. I guess he's that's not his name. Denouncing his name, the king, I guess. From this moment forward, I denounce my throne. I am no longer <laughs> the Prince of Zamunda. <laughs> <laughs> Brian said, I don't, don't call me Pillman no more. I ain't wearing no leopard printed drawers. None of that shit. I ain't a Hollywood blonde no more. I like it. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Honestly, well, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, honestly, I think that's a good idea for him. I really yeah. do. They have not the being his dad's shadow. Even though they like, they did something weird with his hair. They kind of made him look like his dad, even though he doesn't want to be like his dad. It's a crazy way for them to change his name because they want to own his name. But it's creative as opposed to being like, Motherfucker, we know this Brian Pillman. They're making you think like he don't want to be called Brian Pillman anymore. Mm-hmm. That's creative. I dig it. I was gonna say what I didn't like 
I don't I don't know, man. Maybe they'll win me over. I do not like this Jade rollout. But that's the show that I hope she's on if they they do uh debut her soon. She ought to be on Paul, SmackDown. Was she with Paul or was that with was she with Sean? Both, I thought. Hmm. This past episode of NXT, I don't know. It's, it's all of these shows are mixing in the game yeah. in my head. I, I back when Marty was on the show, I kept saying, I think we're getting too much wrestling. And not only have I stuck by that, now we have even more wrestling. Now AEW's got two shows. Impact's got shows on Thursday. Bound for Glory's fucking coming up. You know, Mickey and Naomi, or I'm sorry, Mickey and uh, Trinity. Uh, Trinity. You know, you got the walking weapon, and is Alex Shelley that's the champion? Yep. You know, you got so much shit going on. NWA now has split back into territories like they were before uh, Billy Corgan bought it when he tried to get rid of all that. Now he's realizing it don't work, you know? ROH has got shit going on. Like, it's just, it's it's I'm hard sorry. to keep I, up. I don't watch ROH. I'm sorry. I or don't in w, Or NWA. I was like a pretty big NWA watcher until Rampage came out. Like, once Rampage came out, I had to kind of put NWA by the wayside. They were doing, like, pretty decent stuff. But like you said, they're splitting back into the territories. I think they said EC3 was going to be the first territory that's officially NWA territory, whatever company he has. When I read uh, that press, it didn't say his control your narrative uh, company, though. It was like a different company. So, hey, who knows? Uh, once AW, once NWA started doing the paywall shit, I lost. Like, I wasn't going to pay for it. When it was on YouTube, I watched that shit every Tuesday. It came out every Tuesday. One, because I was at like the first 10 tapings of it in the front row. But, I knew how much fun it was. Like there were people there that I liked and then they went behind the paywall and I kind of lost it. And then they had Tyrus's big ass walking around. It can't even like walk, let alone wrestle, be the champion and keep beating people. And it was just like, you had Matt Cardona right there. I'm not the biggest Matt Cardona fan, but if you want your company to be like big on the indie scene, you put the fucking title on him. Yeah. He's the internet champion. And Meanwhile, you got the champion that can't even tie his own shoe, and you expecting me to believe he can whoop everybody's ass? Come on, man. Motherfucker did the laziest fucking Irish whip splash <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. That was that's, that was terrible, man. <laughs> anyway. But, um, even when they're behind that paywall, I was watching because uh the pandemic. I didn't really have a lot to do. I was watching because of that website we got. I was able to keep up with it. But then, like I said, once Rampage came out, I'm like, all right, I got to drop some of this because I have to have an actual life. Can't just be watching wrestling all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, man, hopefully it works out for them at the territory system. But you said Brown for Glory is coming up? Uh, it's in October, I believe. Yeah, it usually always is in October. We usually don't predict TNA shows, but... I don't think... Know, it's not tough. this week. It's... Uh... It is, what's the date for Bound for Glory? It's, it's usually like the 20-something. It's probably the week after next. So. Yeah, it's probably, I think it is the week that I'm in uh, Orlando. So, yeah, maybe we do a preview for that. That's, that's their, basically their WrestleMania. Yeah, it'll be in Chicago. Uh, October 21st, you were right. So, 
Yeah. We'll have to preview that uh, shit next week. Yeah. Um, we were going to talk about Adam Cole, but I don't really. we don't really have time for it. We're running late. Uh, we got to get to these these NFL picks. I will say this about Adam Cole. He had the awful concussion that kept him out forever. He's come back for a cup of coffee. And unless they're working us, he's going to be out again for like another year. Is it time for him to just make money on Twitch and play video games all the time? No, I don't think so. He does seem to be injury prone, but some of it has just been bad luck. He's only 34. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, some of it's been bad luck. So, you never know, man. Like, sometimes it just clicks where you could go through a string of not being injured because Steph Curry, people don't uh, remember that, like, the first five, six years of his career, dude couldn't stay on the court for anything. His ankles were bad. And then, for some reason, around 2014, 2015, he just got healthy all of a sudden. So. But wrestling's a different game, and you're out there purposely taking bumps. So, I don't know, man. I think if he could get healthy again, and, I mean, he's only 34. He could still wrestle for a good 10 years of being full-time. He's just got to, I guess, wrestle a safer style. I mean, his last injury was a freak injury. He jumped off the stage. and I mean, yeah, him. that's like, that's that's what happens when you start getting older. Like, Shit happens to you doing normal shit, you know. I was at the Braves game, and we were leaving. We had to walk around the long way to the stadium. And there's like this little three foot wall we were up on, and we had to get down. I jumped down, EJ, and both my knees were like, "Nigga, what are you doing?" <laughs> like for a second, I couldn't move. I was like, "Did I just blow my knees out?" Like fucking, like Vince McMahon. Like what just happened? <laughs> Eventually, you you know you. And I ain't a pro athlete like Adam Cole, but I mean, he's just doing something. As elementary as jumping off of a stage and like kids do that shit all the time. Obstacle course type shit and broke his ankle. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't say it because I think his body's breaking down. I say it because if you watch that AEW behind the scenes show, his mind's breaking down. Like he was depressed and shit like that the whole time. Now he's got to be out for another year. Luckily, they got him on TV still, so he's kind of like still there, which is leading me to be they might be working us. I'm, maybe his injury's not that. If his if his ankle blew up or exploded like they're trying to say it did, he wouldn't have been out there walking around still like doing shit with MJF. Like he'd been on the ground. Mm-hmm. Some people are built differently. Like you said, he's 34. He might be an older 34. But if his heart's still in it, he still wants to do it. And. I say go for it, man. You only live <laughs> once, and you might be able to turn around. You had a Adam Copeland who had to retire for nine years, and he's back out there wrestling full time. So they talking about I mean, two surgeries. This motherfucker got a high ankle sprain. Yeah, exactly. It might be working us, and but like, well, like you also mentioned earlier, if his mind's not into it, then you got to hang it up because you can't be halfway into it and be wrestling out there because that's how you get people hurt. So. If his mental's not all the way there, then like you said, he might just have to be a full-time Twitch streamer. This, this motherfucker's name. <laughs> you ever seen Adam Cole's real name? I, I did see it because he shares a 
I think it's Colton. No, it's Austin Kirk Jenkins. Oh, that's what I meant. I meant the other, <laughs> I remember he had the same name as a gun. It was the other gun. It was Austin. But his last name being Jenkins is like that's a black that's a name. Black name. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see a lot of white Jenkins. Jenkins. You don't see a lot of white Browns either. Yeah, this motherfucker is. There's no way Adam Cole's two hundred pounds. There's no way. Um, mm, maybe when he has his little his little bear gut. There's no way Adam Cole's 200 pounds. Not when Cody's 212, when he was like wrestling uh, Nick Aldis at All In. I remember they did the weigh-in, and Cody was like 212 or 222, one of them. There's no way Adam Cole is 200 pounds. He's five. He's like 5'9". It says six feet. He's not, he's not six feet. He's like 5'9". I'm just reading. I'm just telling you what Wikipedia says, EJ. Six uh, feet, 200 pounds. Austin That's Kirk Cap. Jenkins. That's Cap. He's not six. He's not, I've heard he's like five nine. He's like my half. Like I'm five ten and a half. So I heard he's like five nine, five ten. Um, nah, he's not. I mean, if he's fat, he could be two hundred pounds. If he's like skinny fat, he's not <laughs> fat though. He's tiny. Anyway, let's get to these NFL picks and get the hell up out of here. So, like I predicted last week, I, I'm like I don't know about these picks. And I, yeah, like I predicted, I didn't do good last week, but you didn't do the best either. And it all came down to Monday night football with the Raiders and the Packers. And I decided to go with the Raiders and Rucker went the Packers. And that was the swing game was the Monday night football. Who won? Did the Raiders win? Yeah, the Raiders won. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> which, which brings that total for the week. I went seven and seven. Rucker went six and eight, which brings the totals to me being 49 and 29, and Rucker is 37 and 41. This is where we're turning around. This week is going to start. Okay. Hey, you say so. I'm going undefeated this week. Okay. Hey, there's a week to start it. This is the week to start it. Here we go. Win streak. Thursday night football, the Denver Broncos travel to Kansas City to take on the Taylor Swifties. You said uh, who against Kansas City? The Denver Broncos. Oh. Mr. Unlimited. He's going to be limited on how many times I picked him this season because give me Kansas City. <laughs> I'll take the Chiefs as well. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens travel to Tennessee to take on Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. That's in London, actually. It's not in Tennessee. It's in Tottenham, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning. 8.30 your time, EJ. You wake up, get you a coffee, get you a fucking sausage, egg, and grit bowl from Waffle House. Pumpkin spice I always forget waffle. about the London games. Always. like I probably be like one time I remember it. I always forget about it. But now that you're reminding me, maybe I will do that. Um, and uh, Baltimore's technically the away team. Yep. I might regret this because Lamar Jackson looks like dog shit, and he's my fantasy quarterback. So, but I think he might bounce back. So let me get the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens as well. Probably the toughest game I've seen so far. Looking at this schedule. 
the Washington Commanders travel to ATL, Shawty. Mm. Take on the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe I should go to that game. That'd be fun. Yeah, the Cowboys yeah, don't play till Monday night. To, man. It's just a Monday night game? The Cowboys play on Monday night, so it's not like I'll have oh. to get back to watch the Cowboys. Uh, give me the Atlanta Falcons to move to four and two. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Falcons as well. The Minnesota Vikings, one and four, travel to Chicago to take on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Who you got? I might regret this, but let me let me get the Bears just because Fields put on the show this past Thursday, and we both picked against them. And maybe they'll keep that momentum going. The Vikings got no weapons. They traded Dalvin Cook. And now Justin Jefferson is on the IR. So, give me the Chicago Bears. All right. Seattle Seahawks travel to Cincinnati. Seattle's 3-1. and one. Ooh. Cincinnati's 2-3. and three. This is hard. So, this will probably be a, the game that we differ in. I'm going to go with the, even though I probably shouldn't pick this team, but I got Jamar Chase as my number one receiver. And that boy made me win in both our leagues or both of my leagues he also made me win in the league that I'm in with you so let me did they got like Cincinnati has to win a little bit to keep their season alive so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bengals I'm gonna take Seattle Kenneth Walker the third the best running back in the NFL right now I have a feeling they'll be the one that we differ in. Well, I don't we'll think we're going to differ on this one. San Francisco 49ers take on the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson's still not practicing. I got Niners. Same. The New Orleans Saints travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Saints are 3-2. and two. Houston's 2-3. and three. Give, me, give me New Orleans. This is in Houston? Yep. I'll still go with New Orleans. I'll take the home team. I just don't see a world where the Saints are four and two after six games. Yeah, maybe. Never know. This is a good one too. Indianapolis and Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, both teams are three and two. Uh Indianapolis just lost a quarterback. They got Garner Minshew, who used to play for Jacksonville. He might be looking for revenge, but I think the Tony Cons and the Shad Cons. Jonathan Taylor's back also. What's that? Jonathan Taylor's back. Oh yeah, yeah. He played yeah, last he did. week. He did. He finally did. Uh, uh, you know, he had a contract dispute. Mm-hmm. He got that together. Uh, I'm still taking the Jaguars to win. I'll take the Jags also. Uh, the Carolina Panthers at 0 and 5 travel to Miami to get their ass kicked by the Dolphins. Yeah, give me, give me Miami. Same. Ooh, this is a shit shit bowl. The New England Patriots at one and four take them on the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll oh, take the Raiders. I'm not picking uh, the Pats for the rest of the year probably because the, the reason why it was close but I picked lately because I picked the bum asses. <laughs> <laughs> so give me give me uh, my uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Yeah. December 1st through the 4th. 
Uh, the Detroit Lions at four and one travel to Tampa Bay to take on the three and one Buccaneers. Mm. I think I'm gonna keep it interesting because I got a feeling I know who you're gonna pick. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take the hometown team to get the upset. Give me the Bucks. And I'm definitely taking the Lions with David Montgomery and Jared Goff is balling. I don't know who else is on the team, but the Lions are four and one, man. They're about to be five and one. Uh, ooh, this is a, a much better game than it is on paper. The Arizona Cardinals at 1-4 and four travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams at 2-3. and three. He says the Cardinals versus the Rams? Mm-hmm. Give me the, give me the Rams. <sighs> Who you got? I'm thinking. Give me the, give me the Cardinals. Cardinal, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to New York, the Big Apple, to take on the New York Jets. Give me Philly. Yeah, I'll take Philly too. The Giants travel to Buffalo. Giants are one and four. Bills are three and two. Nobody what? circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. What What do you make of this Buffalo Bills team? Because they shit the bed against Jacksonville. Like they beat Miami. I'm like, all right. Then they shit the bed against. They're schizophrenic. They'll probably make the playoffs barely, like the sixth seed, and then they might win a game, and then they get eliminated. But I don't think they're built for success. But it's early. It's also early. Like. You know, you know, Stefan Diggs isn't happy. Yeah, well, I got Buffalo in this game. Yeah, I'll take them also. The three and two Dallas Cowboys come fresh off an ass whooping from the 49ers to take on the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Kellen Moore ball. Kellen Moore out to prove that he shouldn't have been let go by the Cowboys. And honestly, I fucking agree with him. Because their offense is shit this year. Like I said, I'm not. By my pick last week, I picked San Francisco. I'm not a homer, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. It's kind of almost like a must-win game. I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. This just in. I probably won't pick against the Cowboys all year. See how that worked out for you last week. What about the weeks before that? What's that? What about the weeks before last week? And the Cardinals game, we were, we were both wrong with that. <laughs> I had a good feeling last week, too. Apparently, they didn't. They got it. I don't know there. why you had a good feeling. That Cardinals game, like, really yeah. gave me a reason to pause with that. I don't know, man. I see. I thought that was an aberration compared to everything else. But the offenses look like shit this year, man. They need to... Mike McCarthy's got to do that. He's got to open his shit up. Like, all them little three- and four-yard passes, like, that shit ain't working. Dak's been throwing the ball downfield his whole career. He has one year where he throws a lot of interceptions. Oh, by the way, like, usually the league leader in the interceptions throws, like, 20, 25. He threw 15. Like, relax. Um, but, I mean, what season is this for Dak? Eight. 
I mean, Dak is is who he is. He's a good quarterback, but he he's just not the quarterback. Like, if you don't have him in the right circumstances, like if you're down by a bunch of points, you're not just gonna be like, Dak, bring us back home. I mean, this the same dude that two seasons ago, and he was completely healthy. This was after his uh, ankle surgery. He threw 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Then, of course, he missed games last year. And that was with missing. I think he missed one game that year. And last year, he missed four games. He threw 23 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. But he threw 4,500 yards two years ago. Two years before that, he threw. He was 98 yards short of 5,000. Like, he's not a dink and dunk quarterback. Yeah, he's not a dink and dunk quarterback, but he's got to have some. He got to have protection. Like, I mean, he got to have people does. not dropping balls and not throwing routes. He's a, like I said, he's a good quarterback, but people expected him to be Superman. He's a good quarterback, but man, he's, just, he's still a human being. I mean, his career quarterback rating is a ninety-seven point three in eight years. Like, that's not a, a small sample size. That's a whole fucking career of a quarterback. 67% completion percentage. He's got over 100 more touchdowns and interceptions. Like, why are they treating him like he all of a sudden he can't read defenses and he can't throw the ball anymore? Like, did he just wake up one day and forget how to fucking play quarterback? No. I, all I know is if you put Dak in the San Francisco system, then it's – be probably doing even better than what they're doing now. Man, that system is ridiculous. They got motherfuckers wide open everywhere. And that's the, that's the other thing. Like, the routes that Dallas runs, Dak's always thrown in the coverage. Like, all these tight window throws you got to make. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy drops back, and he's got a choice. He could throw it to a motherfucker five yards down the field that's open or 15 yards down the field. Just pick your poison. They got to do something with their – their route trees and I don't know. Mike McCarthy needs to get his shit together, or else fucking Dan Quinn will be the coach next year. And I like Mike McCarthy as a coach. I don't like him as the offense coordinator right now. As a coach, I li- I like his philosophies. I like how aggressive he is. Like the whole nine as a coach, as an offensive coordinator, fuck him. Yeah, I mean, Dak is above average quarterback. It's only basically now that you think about it, it's only probably like one quarterback in the league that can basically turn nothing out of something. And I want to say that's Mahomes. Like all the other quarterbacks, pretty much retired that you could put in that category. Yeah. Like, like just take a shit. You can just throw somebody out of anywhere in wide receiver and just plug and play. Like Peyton Manning was a guy like that, but he's retired. Tom Brady kind of like towards the second half of his career was like that with. He had his little small receivers in New England. <laughs> but, yeah, like, man, I don't know. I don't know. What do y'all want from the guy, man? Like, you, you already reeled off the numbers earlier that Dak's putting up. But like you said, but you were a Mike McCarthy guy, though. I still am. I just don't like him as offense coordinator. Hey. I like him as a coach. He's To me, he's done well as a coach. They won back-to-back 12 games in two years in a row. They've been to the playoffs two years in a row. They won a playoff game last year. Like, they haven't had that kind of success in multiple years in 30 years. Like, he's building the right team. 
So we got to get up out of here, EJ. <laughs> you got anything hey. you want to say to the people before we leave? Uh, shout out to all the listeners out there. But uh, one more thing about the Cowboys. Right. What do you do at the offensive coordinator position, Dan? I mean, you got to fucking get somebody else in there next year, I guess, if McCarthy's got to get his shit together this year, though. We're only five games in. I said, I say, I ain't trying to hit that next year shit. I'm trying to yeah. win this year. We're only five games in. He just got to fucking turn it around. But anyway, for EJ Reed, I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boots <laughs> of the Face. Peace!